0: Today on Make Some Noise, I'm joined by Jessica McElveen, and Jessica is a qualified social worker. She's a children's yoga and meditation teacher, and she works specifically mostly with children with special needs or children who have experienced trauma. And this conversation is really about play, how important play is, not just for children, but also for adults, how as a child, our sense of self can get squashed. And when we hit that kind of, I don't know, quarter life period, 25, 30 years old, a lot of us start to have like a quarter life crisis, right? Where we hit up against depression or we kind of wake up and go, where the fuck am I? And who am I? And then unpeeling, unpeeling, unpeeling. And this is a conversation about that. It's about how to cultivate a sense of curiosity and play within yourself and how vitally it is important for us as children and as adults. So may I introduce to you Jessica McElveen. Creativity, self-expression and feelings. Creativity, self-expression and feelings. Not like a podcast, okay? it.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Jessica McElveen, the founder of Kids Yoga Therapy and a child trauma specialist. So I have worked in the realms of social work for many years, and since have discovered the power of yoga and meditation. So I've really combined these two fields to develop my own business, my own brand. And I work with children and their families, mainly children with special needs and those affected by trauma uh, through the power of working with the mind and body connection. That's what I focus on and and also focus on the support that the parents require to go through their day-to-day lives, supporting their children and and meeting their needs, whatever they might be.
0: Yeah. And um, we were just chatting off air about where, you know, where we kind of see this conversation going today. And I'm really interested in the perspective of, you know, as as a child, we all grow into adults. And the premise of this show is really, you know, unpeeling layers of who you're not in order to kind of be freer to be who you are, whatever that is, right? Yeah. And to and to just like have have a freer freer relationship with creativity, um, and 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 be a little bit more free in our forms of self expression, and. It's interesting because that all generally starts in childhood, right?
1: It totally does. You know, when when we see the kids in their young age, they are simply lit up with joy from the most simple things, right? They just want to play. They just want to explore. This really is the core goal of kids is to explore their environment and explore how they fit into that environment as well. This is how they're learning. This is how they're constructing their, their subconscious mind. You know, so our subconscious mind is developing until the age of seven. That's what it's doing. So, everything they're being exposed to is going to become their perspectives and their habits and their beliefs for the rest of their life until you get to the age of 30, right? And you're like, Jesus, what on earth happened when I was young that I can't, you know, be happy or I can't express myself or I feel stuck? So, kids, I find that nothing makes them more happy then the freedom to explore their environments, you know, and when I'm in my sessions with kids, I provide a lot of freedom. And for some parents that can be quite confronting because I suppose there's this power dynamic that comes quite naturally or you feel like that's the right thing to do. And don't get me wrong, boundaries are required, but when a child is exploring their environment, they need to explore with freedom and without judgment Um, and that's what their hands want to do, and that's what their stories want to tell, and that's what their imagination wants to say. And, you know, we can't... The word no in a story or the word that can't be true in an imagination, that doesn't provide any scope for believing anything is possible in this world. And when we get older, they're the things that stop us, right? Uh, That's not possible. Well, no, I don't think I could achieve that. So these are all, as I said, the internal dialogue thoughts come from our childhood and we need to ensure that this vast creativity within us has the opportunity to expand whatever that may look like because every child has that beauty within them. And, you know, I work with kids with special needs and those affected by trauma. So for these kids, you know, their minds are absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal. They have these strengths that we as adults can't comprehend. And, you know, as as parents and as adults, we're trying to ensure that their life will be successful and there's that pressure. We need to have them fitting into our world to do so. But in doing that, we're squishing them down and then then we've got all these other dynamics coming into play and these children just lose all sense of self. They're trying to be somebody else and there's also this energy building up like, well, I have this you know within me how do i express it and and then we wonder why all these explosions come along right so anger and frustration we see that a lot with these kids and it's because they're just overwhelmed with how the hell do i fit into this and the most important support that i've got around me are my parents and i can't i can't let loose or share it with them sometimes so then it becomes this cycle of, well, I'm lost and confused and I don't really know how to share myself.
0: Yeah, totally. And I, you know, you said you had said, you know, that um, a lot of the we're still exploring who we are until kind of age seven. And then we wake up at 30 and wonder what the fuck, you know? Yeah.
1: And it just been my life, right?
0: Like, totally, I'm me fine. too. Because yeah, it's I'm like
1: shit. It was
0: literally I was 30. <laughs> and I was just like, who the fuck am I? I have no idea. And like, what is this life I'm living? You know? It's like, this isn't what I'd imagined as a kid, with, you know, I'd imagined I would be famous and whatever, you know, like or or doing something different. I mean I was self-employed and working as a voiceover artist so there was still an element of creativity Mm -hmm. to me but I really had no idea who I was and it wasn't really until then that I realised, maybe because my 20s was full of like partying and I don't know, but 30 feels like it is the point where a lot of people get to, if they're lucky maybe earlier. Um, Yeah, I find
1: 30 as well with the people that I speak to. And so I don't know what happens at the magical age of 30. Um, You know what the magical thing is as parents that they can provide is just an understanding that regardless of what happens, we're always going to need to uncover something from our childhood that, you know, it hasn't fit with us or that has impacted in us in some way. And you know what the real power is as a parent is to not take that personally, that's where the power is. So I've been so fortunate. I can open up to my mum about this stuff and say, when you when you behaved like that, or when you did this, or when you didn't provide that for me, this is the impact on me now. So for example, I'm wondering like how affectionate was my mum when I was young? Because I'm really uncomfortable with that, you know, now. And I didn't feel supported when I was young. You know, I had I had a you know addictions around me and whatever and and mental health issues around me. So My opportunities for creativity and finding myself and exploring who I was in my world was pretty much not there because I was too busy trying to save the family. But now my mum is open to exploring that with me and that's powerful. That's a healing process for me. She doesn't take it personally um, and she's willing to go there, which is a real strength. And if I could encourage anything, it's it's that definitely when your children are growing and they're trying to figure out how their childhood has impacted them, that's a really yeah. powerful thing for a parent.
0: Yeah, because I do see. Um, oh, this is going to sound really probably horrible, but but I do see a lot of of parents almost have like a codependency with their kids, and so their achievement and their. How they're seen in the world is really connected to their self you know their self identity mm. which then can lead to you know really um yeah seeing seeing any not necessarily criticism but feedback on your parenting as a really personal attack you know
1: yeah absolutely it's 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 a very personal thing and and you know that's it's it's biggest best job in the whole entire world you know absolutely and it's one that there's no other job that means the most you know no other role that means the most and you really do want to get it right you know that's mm. all parents they share with me they just want a happy healthy child but in in doing so sometimes you get lost in this adult outside world of rules and regulations and conformity that we end up losing the child within that. Mm, So
0: true, yeah. I think one of the things that I have had to kind of accept as a parent who has had mental health challenges and has lost my sense of self over the years is that it doesn't matter how aware I am, how, you know, how, how um, playful I am, how compassionate I am, my child is still going to be impacted by my set of beliefs and the, really? my experience in the world. And there is nothing that I can do to change that, you know, so I have to have some level of acceptance that I may fuck up my child in some way. Mm. In fact, it's pretty much a certainty that <laughs> that I will. Yeah. So, what about if I just go about actually enjoying the parenting process instead of having so much pressure on me to be a certain type of parent? Cuz even that is conditioning in itself, right? Like having to conform to an idea of who you think you should be as a parent.
1: Exactly. And then again, you're not taking any leadership or anything from your child you're not gathering, what do they actually need right now? Like in their heart and soul, if I can sit here with my child and just observe them, just observe what do they actually need from me right now? You know, I have children sometimes, you know, they're experiencing, you know, panic attacks and anxiety attacks. And they share with me, you know, what, what their parents are giving them. And I'm like, is that what you need from them? And they say, no, it's not what I need from them. So it's, It's really trying to uncover that outside of yourself. And it takes courage to try and explore what you're bringing to the table and also what um, unhealed parts of yourself you're exposing your child to, what it's triggering for you. I mean, parenting is probably the most triggering job in the world as well, right? Because your child, it's a direct reflection of you most of the time and that can be very confronting, very confronting. Mm. um it's like when when you see pieces when people don't want to be like their parents right I'm never going to I'm never going to parent like my parent I'm never going to say that and then one day it just comes out and it's like you know bloody hell where did that come from it's confronting and you might not want that to be there but it just is it just
0: is you know and I really loved that idea like just the question that you had asked like what even i don't know if a child has the ability to answer this in you know in in succinct terms but even just like the question of like what do you need from me mm. you know like i don't know i think it's something that i might bring into my own language from from between the conversations when my daughter is having a meltdown you know it's like what do you need from me right now because we make our assumptions based on you know i just remember having um a moment Recently, where my daughter, I'd kept her back from going to preschool for, you know, because she's kind of at that February baby, could have gone to school this year, but wasn't socially quite ready. And so I took her into preschool and I had all these ideas of how it was going to go. She was going to cling to my leg and blah, and she didn't. know, opened the gate and vroom, she was gone, you know, and I was like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> but it was also really happy, but it made yeah. me really happy. But there was one particular day where where she was at home and she said, Mum, I'm just going to, I'm going to take in a list and I'm going to ask who wants to be my friend. This was like on one of her first days and I'm going to write down the names of all the people that want to be my friend and make a list. And me, who has experienced a lot of rejection and you know, like feelings of invisibility, was like, yeah. maybe that's not such a great idea, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But she did. Yeah. She took the list and she stood there. And as I left, she w- she was standing there and she just looked so awkward. No one was looking at her. She was standing there with her pen and paper, and my heart was breaking. I was like, oh, oh, it's just bringing back all of this shit, mm-hmm. you know, about people ignoring me and, um. Yep. And then you know, after I went to pick her up, I was like, "How was it?" And she was like, "It was amazing. Eight people wanted to be my friend, you know." And it's like, it just goes to show that that we can we can like I could have protected her from that and said, "Oh, don't do that, babe. Like that's not a great idea." Due to my mm. own stories, but instead, I want to allow her to have her own experience of life, and I mm. can't protect her from the rejection and and if anything, I don't really want to because all of that stuff has led me to be this. Person you know who who has had to reconnect with those pieces and find uh, a strong sense of self and um, I don't want to take away those experiences, but it's so easy as a parent to to fall into the the thing of wanting to protect them from what you experienced yeah when they are just like a separate individual you know
1: they really are and how beautiful though that they can experience those things. But having you there to support them through that feeling or that
0: experience, like that's
1: that's magical. Like and it's imagine- also
0: healing from from my perspective too, because seeing her have a different experience of that is like, oh, okay. It just highlights again. Oh, yeah, that was just my my yeah. experience. Yeah, you know? yeah,
1: that's right. That's just your story. They're your stories. They're not hers. It doesn't need to be hers. Yeah. yeah.
0: So the other thing I think that we need to keep in mind is that, you know, my daughter is having her own experience as her own human in her own makeup, you know, the way she's kind of like, I don't know, made up. We're all different. So my experience of the world is going to be based on not only my experiences, but also who who I am underneath all of the conditioning that I've had, like the essence of who I am. And that is made up of, um, you know, well, I don't really know exactly what it's made up of, but I do know that we're all individual and we all have our own ways of learning things and processing and all that kind of jazz. So I'm interested to explore, you know, that idea. And in fact, it's actually coming up in my own life at the moment. I am an avid explorer of the idea of human design, um, and part of that has like you know a left element and a right element. So can we explore um, creativity in those kind of terms? Mm, yeah. So we've got we've got you know right brain hemisphere and left brain hemisphere. So
1: left brain hemisphere is really responsible for the the logical tasks. You know. So um, you know. Think sciency, mathematical, right analysis, that type of thing, and then we've got the right brain hemisphere, which is more to do with the creativity. So, if if we think about, I mean, if we want to go, just a really obvious way of looking at it, um, you think about somebody who's not really creative and more mathematical in nature. Um, so they might have a really higher paying job once they get into adulthood right so it's really been the core aspect of their being from childhood so stress stress tends to come to them um, because they've negated the creativity side of themselves right creativity is a really calming process for the mind and the body we really do need to get out of that logical state it to be in our logical state and our Um, our logical part of our brain constantly is is not normal and it's not healthy for us. So if you can think of, you know, then you think about the artists and then the painters and the musicians and, you know, you can feel the energetic difference and you can feel the difference between the two types.
0: Are we born one, like, favouring one side over the other or is that something that is, you know, learned? There probably would be research papers
1: to say either or in from me from my perspective i would believe that whatever you focus on gets stronger yeah. and when when you're born and from a child so if if that's if it's going to be parents who are more that logic based um they don't really play that doesn't come naturally to them either they're not really creative in nature then that's not going to be focused upon mm-hmm. therefore not really developed so that's my opinion yeah um, and it's it's crucial to child development to play and to be creative now if you think of the times yeah. that you've been stressed and you know if you really tap into what you require what you're yearning for i highly doubt that it's going to you know some mathematical conference or doing maths equations you know as a form of stress relief it's just not You know, for me, it's, um, you know, I did my first ballet class yesterday. So really getting creative with my body or it's drawing something or it's painting something, you know, getting out of that logical side of our brain so we can tap into the calming effects of that creativity. You know, we don't need to be in our conscious mind all of the time, that analytical mind. We don't want to be there either because whether we like it or not, our conscious mind can't always solve our problems for us. So we need to get out of that come into our creativity side, our left side, our subconscious mind. And, you know, that really opens the space up for different answers to come in. This is how it works when we're adults anyway. So once once we can release the control that we have that comes from our logical brain, the creativity side comes in our body then becomes calm and relaxed that's just the impact our nervous system then relaxes right so we've gone into uh, we've gone into relaxation mode instead of stress response and and then our brain just tends to have these different pockets of ideas and solutions to our problems because we're not focusing on it all of the time so what we focus on gets stronger that's just how it works so we need to have a really beautiful unison. So we need to be teaching our children logical stuff, but we need to be focusing on the creativity stuff too, so really combining
0: those parts of our brains. Right? Yeah, totally. You know, I feel like as an adult and particularly a heady adult, like someone who spends a lot of time up in our heads, mm. you know, which is which is most of us because I feel like we are raised in this kind of schooling system that favours you know, academic pursuits a lot of the time over creativity. Mm. Um, you know, there's one thing that I think we can all kind of relate to. It's getting in that place where we're really in our left brain trying to figure things out and we all know the feeling of like walking away,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: doing something else, mm. and that can be like going to cook or going for a walk or like just creating some space mm. from the overthinking that then then we can reconnect to our creativity so what are some ways that we could as adults cultivate that you know like if we if we're finding ourselves being always or not always but finding ourselves regularly in that like I'm way too in my head thing I'm Mm. really trying to figure everything out what Mm. do you what would you see as some ways that we could cultivate more creativity and more right brain activity
1: yeah so Often when we're in that logical side, we're really not grounded, right? We are so, we're just, Mm. you know, most people are stressed, right? Most people have a thousand thoughts running through their head. We're receiving like hundreds of thousands of pieces of information a day and our brain can't even process, Mm. you know, as much as 5% of that information, right? So we are bombarded. Plus, we've got to try and maintain our own survival in this world, right, which is what our brains are really designed to do. So we're not grounded. So the first thing for me is to get grounded. So that can be as simple as, you know, getting out into nature. You know, we talk about this. It's always nature, nature, nature. Mm. And why is it being brought up all of the time? Because it bloody works. It really does. You know, just last week I, I had a I had a bad week, a bad week, and I spent two days in the mountains. You know, I just climbed mountains, didn't have my phone, and it was exactly what I needed. My body knew that, and honestly, all that stress just went away. I have the freedom to do that. But if you could go for a half-an-hour walk in nature, so you need to ground yourself. That can also be done through meditation, and it can be done through a five-minute meditation really like if you're not willing to dedicate five minutes to something that's going to improve your mental health then I, I question how dedicated you are to actually improving your mental health and therefore your life you know it's really important you've got to make a decision what your priority is or what's important to you what do you value so we need to ground ourselves we need to do something get busy with your hands mm, you know? yeah. um it would be painting. Like I ordered a paint by numbers from Germany a few months ago, right? So anytime I just, I get it out whenever I feel like I need to move my hands. I cook for creativity. I love to cook and have music on. Um, I I enjoy, I get to work with kids every day. So I find, um, I find myself using that as a space to be present and get lost in their creative world. That's the magic. And if you've got kids, you've got access to that all of the time. Get stuck in their world of creativity. Let your inner child really come out. Tap into that. Um, also, what you can do is, you know, when we've got all these thoughts up here, just really focusing in on your your body sensations. Yeah. So what is your body touching? Okay, it's touching the seat. All right. This is another form of grounding. What are my fingers touching? Okay. What am I smelling? What am I hearing? You know, really getting out of that, you know, that logical brain, that frontal cortex. We've got to, we've got to let it sleep for a little bit. We've got to let it rest. Um, So that's what I would recommend: is really get those hands moving in creative ways and try new experiences. Go rock climbing. Um, What else? Go to a dance class. You know, try something new.
0: Um, Get on Groupon and buy a voucher to go do something that you never thought you would do before. I found paddle boarding, like I haven't done it for ages, but that was something that, uh, you know, I just absolutely loved to do because I had to be really present in my body while I was doing it. The second that your head kind of comes in, you fall off the board, you know. So it's like. exactly. How powerful is that? Yeah. So it's like you staying. Yeah, it is It is really about presence, right? yeah yeah and um one of the things I mean I've spoken about this a few times on the podcast one of the pivotal things for me was just setting an alarm on my phone every hour and when it went off doing that check-in right like so w- feeling my bum on the seat what can I smell what you know how am I feeling just like 30 30 seconds to connect in instead of just letting your life run on autopilot because it's kind yeah. of what it feels like, you you know, it's like when you're in the car and you you're like, how did I even get here? I don't even remember most of the trip. You know, like we're just running our lives on autopilot and not present to any of it. Completely. And, and there was um a piece that you you actually reminded me of. Um, you know, w- our brains because there is so much stimulus going on, we are just running in like a survival mode a lot of the time. And I find sometimes being a mum and having kids, uh, is can be too much stimulus for me, you know, the constant touching, the constant talking, the constant, like there's a lot of noise, a lot of stuff that goes around being a kid. So it's even more important for someone who has sensory stuff going on to Mm. make sure we are prioritising space and quiet time. And, you know, and one of the things that um one of our, first guests, I think it was Belinda Ryan had said, uh, just like five minutes, blank sheet of paper, some pastels and just draw, you know, like, and I would just draw like all squiggles and then color in the squiggles and it just, uh, you know, using your hands and connecting back into your body. Cause that's really what it is, right? Like just connecting back into your body.
1: Yeah and yeah without restrictions and this is what if we if we require it you know we're trying to tap into that this is exactly the same as what our kids require exactly the same and it if you know you talk about being on autopilot right um if anybody has heard of dr joe dispenser mm. um he really speaks to this phenomenally. If you want to understand the power of getting outside of that routine and what it does for your brain and your body, I would highly recommend listening to him. So he speaks about, um, you know, we, we get out on the same side of the bed. We have the same breakfast. We have the same coffee. We have um, the same routine in the morning, the same routine in the afternoon. You can take the same route to work. You know, we're not, when, when we have the same pathways in our brain constantly, there is no excitement in life. There is no joy in life because it's just normal day Groundhog day. day. <laughs> day, <to> day. <laughs> like literally groundhog day. <laughs> boring. So it's, we've, got to, we've got to trick our brain. We've got to spark it up every once in a while. So take a different route to work. Get out on the other side of the bed. Do five star jumps when you get out of the bed. Or, you know, wake up your body by tapping your body or do something, sing in the shower every once in a while. So really trying to break these habits, these normal patterns that don't create any sense of aliveness or joy within us because you, the magic of being able to make it through day to day is finding magical moments in those mundane things. So because we still have to do them, we still have to wake up, we still have to go to work, we still have to take the kids to school, all of these things but mix it up, change it so that our brain gets a little bit excited or there's a little bit, there's something different for it to focus on or it wakes up from its slumber. Um, And, you know, they're the moments you can implement something that brings you joy or, you know, that's when, when, yeah, it's uh, easier to feel a little bit grateful or happy. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally. And I think often we get stuck into this idea of the, the creativity looking a certain way mm. where, you know, I, I don't know if it was in a Joe Dispenza book, but there, but I read it somewhere. I wish I could attribute it to the right person. But, um, you know, one really great exercise is just seeing if you can go a different way to a place you go all the time mm. every single day. Mm. So, you know, like find 20 ways to go from here to your preschool drop off you know, and, and mix it up that way, create some sense of adventure. That is creativity. That's right. Yep.
1: Yep. Because your brain's guessing, right? It's got to think of new ways, new things, new streets. You get to see different things. Your brain is trying to solve a little pu- a puzzle. It's you know, thinking outside of the box. It's, uh, so it's definitely creativity. It does not need to look a certain way. You're right.
0: Yeah, mm. and it doesn't even need to be like then, then you can open your mind up wider and wider and wider because it's like at first you think, okay, so I'll get in my car and I'll just drive a different way. Mm. But then it's like, okay, but what if, what if I, you know, like it, it can open up then a- another layer where it's like, well, what if I hopped to work or what if I, you, you know, like you, what if I, what if I played music all the way to work? What if I did it in complete silence, mm. you know? So, so it doesn't. So each, because I, I find sometimes people go, oh yeah, but I'm just not creative like that. Like I just can't, I just, I don't have all the ideas, Mm. you know, I just, um, I don't, I don't think like that. And I find myself putting myself into that box too, where it's like, oh, some people are just way more creative than me. And it's like, well, no, it's just that, that they've got their own creativity going on. You're mm. just as creative. You can't see it necessarily because it's just you doing your thing. Mm. Um, but also, but also, it is about cultivating it within you. You know, and that is a practice. It's exactly. not just It's not just. It just doesn't necessarily come naturally to all of us when we've been raised in this world. That is very left brain focused. Exactly, that's
1: right. I mean, if you do a, a violin lesson, do you expect to be perfect in the beginning? No, you don't. Although well,
0: I have, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like it. I mean, in yeah. my ballet class. I was like, why my hair? don't look so flowy like they do good I'm I'm failing this is a failed <laughs> meanwhile the teacher's like you picked that up really well Jess well done you know all your body awareness and your yoga practice is paying off and I was like oh I didn't see it but who cares I had a lot of fun pointing my toes and doing a
0: little twirl and whatever it is that actually I wrote that down like I would love to if you're open to it just like explore what that what going back and doing your first ballet class actually taught you about yourself yeah it's it's taught me it's taught me the
1: importance of of actually listening to yourself and what it yearns for. So I have two more, you know, I want to be a ballerina, right, and I want to learn the saxophone. So they're my two childhood dreams. And you know what, I'm I'll I'm not going to leave this planet without exploring those, you know. And even when I was young, you know, and when I went through my 20s and, you know, went out partying and drinking, whatever, in a nightclub i ended up doing ballet moves, you know. So I knew that it was there within me. And so just going and doing it was a real sense of pride, a real sense of um, self-achievement, like be mm. proud. I'm actually doing this. I could be embarrassed. Uh, you know, it's an adult class. There's different levels. So I could be embarrassed. I could be really self-conscious. I could be, well, that's for little kids, Jess. It's too late for you. But I don't want to see it that way. I want to see it that I'm giving something a go trying something new. I'm benefiting my body. I'm benefiting my brain. I'm getting into the creative aspect of myself. I'm getting into the self-expression of myself. I know that's there. So I want to express myself in different ways. And it taught me that also I had to realize within that it's not going to be perfect, Jess, and that's just okay. That's okay. Be kind to yourself. Be patient with yourself you're okay. So that was a really big thing I needed to keep reminding myself of, because I kept stuffing up the moves, right? You know, go in front, go behind, go sideways, go up, go down. I'm like, oh my God, where's my hand going? What am I doing? But it's like, it's okay. You're being, you know, this is, this is okay. Where you're at is perfect. And you're, you've done it. You should be proud of yourself. It doesn't need to look a certain way.
0: Yeah. And I feel like, you know, a lot of us are really uncomfortable being the beginner. So it's like. You know, cuz last year I went back to singing and oh my god, it just taught me so much about myself. And I started to learn the ukulele because I'd always wanted to play an instrument and it seemed like one of the easiest ones. But oh my god, it was a mind fuck. Like I couldn't get my head around it. And I was really I noticed my how uncomfortable I was with wanting to not be in this beginner phase. I just wanted to be fluent, you know, and I just wanted to be able to pick it up and play it. And that's not how how it works we have to like we have to embrace the big be- the beginnerness of things you know
1: yeah and yeah I really attribute that to everything in life to be honest Carly so we're very we don't like limbo we don't yes. like the uncomfortable We our brains they are fighting tooth and nail to get us out of this uncomfortable phase this limbo land without you know being at the destination that we want this goal this you know this this dream place that we need to get to this is yeah. this is how we live our lives and in actual fact what i've learned in the last 6 months is there is never a destination ever mm. it's just it's a continuous journey and i'm you know i say journey and you're like oh you, no, you know yeah. journey yeah. but it just is yeah. you know it's so what, what somebody said to me once, where I am right now was actually your goal at one point. Mm. And, I, it's, and I'm still, I still don't think I'm at a destination, but I actually am. But so that beginner phase that you talk about is the uncomfortable and yet we fight it so much. But in actual fact, if you can see it as a beautiful learning experience, the power of that will go into every aspect of your life, mm. you know, because how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. So
0: learning to reframe that uh, would give you so much power. you know. Totally, and that's why creativity is such a fabulous tool for figuring out who you are and how you show up in the world because, you know, for me, um, that how you do one thing is how you do all things. I took that to a retreat that I was running a couple of years ago now and... Just being able to be the observer of you in the creative process, wow. I mean, how much you can learn about yourself and your conditioning. Because from what you just said, it feels like your brain wants you to be uncomfortable. It wants to be learning new things. It wants to be trying out new experiences. It wants to be, you know, doing all that stuff. And then we have like, it's almost like we have the mind, which is separate to the brain, you know and the mind is like almost like all of our conditioning and all our learned stuff and so it's i don't know it feels like they're kind of in competition with each other you know the the mind or i guess some people would call it the ego or our conditioning or whatever mm. it's it's telling us stay safe stay in this zone of comfort don't move outside of this experience stay in what you know you know and the and the brain is actually longing for you to disrupt those well-worn paths of security <laughs>
1: mm, yeah I would switch it Carly that it's the brain that has all the conditioning that's that's because that's where our brain stem is and our so that's the thing that's fighting for safety and survival and it's our mind that wants the creativity right think, yeah and you know it's just whether or not you choose to listen to it and if you sit quietly and listen to your internal dialogue you can hear the arguments oh my god totally There's constant arguments going on right So, you know, the good news is that that's normal. The bad news is it's never going to end. It's actually never going to stop. Those voices are always going to be in your head. It's just what you choose to give power to um, and just being aware of that. And again, detaching from those thoughts and what you choose to take action on, which is why meditation comes in so handy all of the time. But you're right, there is very conflicting goals between our mind and our body and then our brain, which has, you know, don't you dare put yourself in a situation where you could be humiliated, embarrassed, um, told you're wrong, uh, look silly, right? So we're our brain is so worried about looking good and yeah. looking bad.
0: So true. And I was just thinking about, like, when we're in that beginner phase, it's almost like that little voice in our head that wants us to, you know, that's constantly reminding of us of our incompetence gets to run riot because there's actually evidence then to support that we are incompetent because we're it. in the beginning phase, you know? Yeah. So no wonder, no wonder people find it hard to try new things and and explore new um territory because that voice just runs rampant. It does. And that's, that's our innate beliefs, right? That's coming from our subconscious mind. And
1: when you have such a strong subconscious view of the world, you will find that evidence in your everyday life to support it because we, we're targeting it, right? That's what we're looking for, to support us. Um, and I remember I went to a conference once and how he explained to detach from that was really wonderful. So he said, imagine just imagine a brain on the table, just it's on the table. It's like, that thing has so much power. You can see it wobbling. It's just a muscle, you know, it doesn't look very pretty and is you know, you're giving all of the power to that brain, but it's, it's the brain. It's not your brain. It's the brain because mm, everybody has these same. That. Yeah. Yeah. Every person has these same thoughts. So when you can detach that this is not about you, It's not about, you know, your thoughts pertaining to your personal self. It's just the brain, the collective brain is having these same thoughts of avoiding danger. You can detach from that a lot more easily and decide, well, I'm actually, I'm not going to listen to that voice. I appreciate you. Thank you for trying to protect me because we don't want to resist it, right, because then it persists. So thank you for trying to protect me. I appreciate that. But I'm still going to make my decision and I'm still going to do this. So that, for me, was a really wonderful way to detach from it being personal. It's not personal. It's just the brain on the table.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. While I was driving back from um, preschool drop-off this morning, I had this, like, little sentence pop into my head and I'll put it on Instagram. I can't. I've actually written it down because I knew it would disappear because I've had so much evidence to support that. You know, when you (laughs) wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh! Everything is so clear. Oh my god, that's what I'm doing. And then you're like, oh, I'm so clear on this. I've been thinking about it for like an hour awake. I'm just gonna go to bed, and it will still be in the there in the morning. And then you wake up in the morning, you're like, fuck, I should have written that it down. It's gone forever. It's gone. <laughs> but the premise of what, like, the little sentence that landed was like, you know, people have made their mind up about who you are based on their own experience and their own assumptions, and you know, and their own stories and their own beliefs. Um, so, so you're never going to be able to be you, the real you, in their eyes. You, they're, they're always going to have an idea of who you are. So why bother trying to control how other people see us when we really can't? So then we might as well just be whoever we are, <laughs> whoever we, whoever we want to be, Mm. because it's going to make no, not really any difference to the way you're seen by others. They're never going to see who you really are the same way. We're never going to see somebody for who they truly are. Exactly. Yeah. And that
1: then, you know, it all comes back to, you know, up until the age of seven, we're already making our decisions about everything and we can't, you know, that's really hard to alter unless you do some hardcore work when you hit number 30,
0: Mm -hmm. you know, really
1: hard. And Mm -hmm. that's, I realized that too. Um, yeah, probably about a year ago. Just that whole, um, yeah, it's projection, right? Everybody's totally. always expecting. Perception yeah. is projection. Exactly. So, yeah, again, decide. It. And people can sniff out inauthenticity when totally. you're in. A, you can really sniff it out when you have this this intuitive knowing or this energetic feeling. You know, you can feel it. And actually, if you think about it, do you enjoy being around those people?
0: Probably not. And sometimes you can't even explain why that is, right? Like I've had experiences where I can't explain why I feel the way I feel about someone other than it feels off. And sometimes that can be my own projection, but Mm. sometimes it can also be the other person's energy and their inauthenticity to who they are. Mm. It's it's
1: uncalming. I don't feel yeah, because they're not confident in it, then it's hard for me to be confident in it with them is how it feels for me. And whenever I have those moments of, you know, inauthenticity or I'm scared to be myself, um, you know, there are two things that I think of. One is I think about my 80-year-old self. I do this, I do this a lot and yeah. people find it quite funny. I journal to my 80-year-old self, actually. I write letters to her and she actually gives me guidance. But I think of my little 80-year-old self in her little warm bed. And and I think of her looking back down on me and back on her life, and you know I just want her to say, Jess, you gave it all, and you you were really true to yourself, girl, and what a wonderful life that you lived, you know. So I really take her guidance and think about that. You know, let's let's get outside of ourselves and let's think about this grander picture here. We're here once, and what's the point of not being ourselves? And then I actually, this might sound a little strange, but. I actually find it quite comforting going past cemeteries because it's just a reminder to me that this is it we actually are going to die and whether you like it or not whether you can see it or not you really do have gifts to give the world you have amazing strengths to give the world and share the world and so uncover those or begin to share them and just try and figure out how to feel comfortable and confident within yourself because it's it's a one-time shot this life we've got and you know, when you have those beliefs, um, you know, you get to show those with your kids as well and how wonderful that you get to share that passion and that, that life and that sense of aliveness with your kids when you're willing to see it for yourself. You've got to see it for yourself first, otherwise your child won't see that either.
0: Yeah, so true. Yeah, and, you know, there's a big piece around permission here too, right? It's like um, I, it, it, takes a, it takes a lot of guts to be who you are and be okay with uncomfortable silences mm-hmm. and feeling awkward in social situations and not knowing where things are going next like it takes a lot of guts to be able to sit in that uncertainty mm. um but but that's but that's that's the nature of who we are we can't avoid those moments so yeah so it's like just giving yourself permission to not have it all together to not to not um yeah to feel i don't know to allow yourself to be seen in those moments where mm. you're like oh i don't have all my shit together yeah can feel really vulnerable but that is that is true authenticity yeah not hiding those elements that are conditioned mm. you know like we're just taught this isn't acceptable and so that that also ties back in with the piece of like you just being you, because there's always going to be someone who finds I'm too rambly for them. I just like their own belief, their own conditioning, a reflection of the way they feel about themselves. And if we can inquire into those judgments that we're making about others, then we can find secrets to our own like layers to be removed. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Totally. And, um, that's,
1: that's probably been my journey over the last six months is any thought that comes into my mind, it's always projection and any judgment, it's always projection. And it's yeah. like, wow, Jess, interesting, mm. fascinating. Uh, so it gives you a great insight into the person you are or the person you've become. And I guess, you know, at this age, you get to, I get to decide, we get to decide, is that the person we choose to be from here on out? What's going to serve me better? Um, and I suppose that's, that's the beauty of, I don't know, these magical 30s. I tell you, it's yeah. not a bad
0: gig. It's a pretty good Well, I'm, I'm in the 40s now. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and it's just more of the same. Yeah. <laughs> but I have found, um, yeah, I have found like for me the two things, I guess the two guiding things, you know, you had said about um, writing the letter to your 80-year-old self, which I just absolutely love. For me, my guiding thing is like being able to look at myself in the mirror and be happy with the person that's looking back at me. And that's not about my physicality. That's about the human that I've been. And there's two elements to that, I think. Um, for me, two things that makes a good, a good, <laughs> in inverted commas, human is compassion for self and others and curiosity. And those two things are the things that lead us to, uncover more about who we are if we're willing to have compassion for ourselves when we do have those judgments when we observe that we're projecting on others um and if we have the curiosity to question the the thoughts and the and the judgments um and the projections (laughs) then then that 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 for me would would make me what i would consider a yeah, uh, evolved successful human.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's evolving, right? It's, yeah, yeah. It's always. just a continual process. Yeah. Every time we have a bit of a breakthrough, then you
0: know we oh, sail along, one.
1: and then there's another one just around yeah. the corner. You know, don't get, <laughs> yeah, d- don't, don't get too comfortable, Jess.
0: Definitely don't get too comfortable because well, the thing well. I think the thing is, uh, you know, like if I think about my my um, mental breakdown at thirty. It's it's nearly twelve years of literally being fully committed to like learning to know, like, and trust myself, and it's something that just continues daily. It's never it it ends when our body, you know, decides to give up the ghost.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. So,
0: if um, have you? I guess the next question is like, have you got any? parting words of wisdom um, or, or uh, an invitation, I guess, for people to connect to their own creativity and self-expression? I feel like
1: what's coming to my mind and the overarching statement is when you connect with self, you have access to freedom. That's really what I feel as, as just an encompassing concept because if you don't, you're being ruled by all external influences constantly and nothing nothing positive can come out of that. So when you can truly tap into your desires, your dreams, your goals, what you yearn for, your body, what's really going on for you, then, then you have access to that that world, that life, that feeling of freedom, and whatever that might mean to you, um, but I that's that's wholeheartedly my belief, and to find it requires courage, mm-hmm. vulnerability, and I love your work curiosity. it really does. Um, but do you know what? It's worth it.
0: It's way worth it.
1: It's worth it you know uh, everyone has had their stories everyone's had their tough shitty times but you know start exploring yourself and your world you know and the best access point
0: is creativity yeah um whatever that means to you so yeah. and play play is a big piece of that creativity piece it right is. it's like um just giving yourself permission to you know, I don't know. Yeah. Like a playful curiosity, Mm. um, towards life instead of allowing it, you know, to be the thing that bogs us down. We can be free of that, but it all is inside the mind. That's right. Yeah. We don't have control of our external
1: environment. We have control of our mind and that's sure when you're in that dark pit, it's frustrating to accept and believe, and you don't, you don't believe it at all, but It it really is the truth. We get to decide what we see. We create our reality. Um, and it starts it starts with ourselves and connecting with ourselves through through play, through creativity, through self-exploration. Um yeah, that would be that would be my parting sentence with what I've found with my life
0: so far anyway. Totally. And I can concur <laughs> through my own journey. Um, so if people if people want to connect with you, um, where can they find you? So I do have a website, uh, kidsyogatherapy.com.au
1: or an e- email as well is wonderful. So just jessica at kidsyogatherapy.com.au. And, of course, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. So the Instagram and Facebook is all under Kids Yoga Therapy. Uh, YouTube is under Jessica McElveen. So there's lots of access points there. And, yeah, I mean, any questions or any concerns or if you would like information, please get in touch. Um, always happy to connect with new people and, um, yeah,
0: see where it takes us. Cool. And all of those links will be in the show notes, people. So you can check them out at com. Well, thank you so much for thank joining you. you. This was fun. I'm so glad we could make it happen. I know. I enjoyed speaking with you. And that's a wrap. Go to carlinimmo.com to find ways to connect to your creativity and live life on your frequency. Until next week, make some noise.